The Wrestling Podcast About Nothing is brought to you by BDA Radio. BDA Radio doesn't break news, they break the news with their wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head on over to BDARadio.com and check out all of the latest news on the UFC, Bellator, WWE, and much more. They are proud to be the voice of fans because they are fans themselves. BDARadio.com I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. And here goes nothing. Welcome to the wrestling podcast about nothing, episode two, presented by BDARadio.com. There are so many wrestling podcasts out there covering every facet of the business. So we went to BDA Radio and said we had a different idea for a podcast. Everybody's doing something. We'll do nothing. They said, what's your wrestling podcast about? We said, nothing. And thankfully they said, we think you may have something here. So here we are. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring. And joining me here this week and every week is a veteran of the New England Independent Matt Wars, the Irresistible Force, the Immovable Object, the Sherman Tank, the Kingpin, Brian Malonis. How are you can, doing, Brian? There can only be one. My previous t-shirt, which apparently I found out is uh, like a like a quote from like the Marvel character, the Kingpin. Oh, really? Yeah. I had no, I had no clue. Scotty Slade... Uh, Gave that to me or gave me the idea for that. So, yeah, there can only be one uh, Kingpin Brian Malonis. Uh, Thankfully. Well, God broke the mold when he made me, Mike. Oh, brother. All right, so the uh, the Kingpin is here. I am here, and we're going to have a show today. How about we do that? We're going to talk about the recent NXT event in Lowell, Massachusetts, where we both attended. It was a fantastic uh, a lot of our A lot of our friends performing on the exactly, show. Exactly. A good Buddies, a good uh, long-time close personal friends. Exactly. Uh, we'll talk about the match everyone is raving about. We'll talk about the fact the title changed hands on a house show. This is, uh, no, wasn't televised. Live, live, live event, Michael. Oh, live event. Pardon me, a, a NXT live, WWE NXT live event. <laughs> and we'll talk about the future of uh, the enigma that is Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, we'll get into all of that, plus our weekly promo about nothing and we will have our first yada yada tv recap of this past week's nxt tv show we're going to keep it nxt centric here yes on the uh, we, should, we should give a date what was this what was this week's date uh, uh, it was april 20th there we go april 20th 2016 recap of uh, nxt tv for the week so. which will long be known the episode will be long be known as the debut of no way, Jose. <laughs> go down in the, the people look back the on this date. Of. <laughs> yes, people look back at this date, April twentieth, the first appearance of many for No Way Jose. We'll get into that in our yada yada TV recap. Uh, we'll talk about this week's uh, nothing happenings, where we will uh, discuss where we will be. I will be 
probably here in my kitchen, but <laughs> the Kingpin Brian Malonis will be out and about in the uh, New England area performing, uh, applying his trade yes. for, the, uh, for the hundreds and hundreds of Kingpin Brian Malonis fans. Hundreds. Well, do we have a uh, Twitter update? 800 what? 800, I believe it's 846 at last count. I'm expecting uh, that to at least triple by the time these episodes hit the airwaves. So. Right, there'll be a, a direct influx of, of Kingpin or Pinheads. Joining on the uh, why shouldn't there be? Uh, there really sh- my, my my musings about the the world of professional wrestling, my upcoming uh, dates, uh, various political uh, oh boy, things, not, no, and, and uh, pro here. sports takes, and no, lots, of, lots of hot takes. Mike, do, we're going to do a, uh, a a mock draft. Maybe perhaps a mock the, draft uh, here on the wrestling podcast. Hey, if they ever bring thing? back the brand extension, uh, you know, maybe we could do a, a, a brand extension mock draft. That would be uh, uh, if if nothing else comes of uh, yeah. If there was a slow week, a very slow week, we might get into that. But before we get into this week's episode, our NXT-centric episode of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, uh, let's talk about uh, our sponsor here on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. You know, people ask me, what what do you mean BDARadio.com? What does the BDA stand for? Is it like uh, Bo Dallas aficionados? Uh, you know, while he's... Our favorite Bo, I, I think I can speak for both of us. He's our favorite Bo Certainly. since since Bo Diddley, since Bo Jackson, since uh, Bo Beverly of the Beverly Brothers. <laughs> uh, I mean, the, the 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 point is, BDA Radio means the most unique commentary on mixed martial arts and pro wrestling on the internet. They don't break news; they break the news with their wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head over to bdaradio.com and check out all the latest news on UFC. Bellator, WWE, and much, much more. That's over at our good friends at BDARadio.com. Yes, thanks to BDARadio.com, which has been so, uh, so, so uh, fortunate. I don't know the word I'm looking for here, but... uh, you know, Lucky. we're, we're th- yeah, we're thankful that they they uh, they reached out to us to, uh, for some inexplicable reason to host a podcast. Um, I thought you were going to say they're lucky to have us. Oh, of course they're lucky to have okay. us. Uh, <laughs> and, and let's well while we're here talking about bdradio.com, let's make sure we mention our friends uh, Chad and Paul over at the uh, A Man Walks Into an Arm Bar podcast. Yes, they're doing their thing over there. Make sure you uh, check that out over at bdradio.com. A Man Walks Into an Arm Bar. And that's the MMA side of the BDA radio family. Yes, we we are we are a family, I guess. But I think our podcast is probably going to be a little bit better. Well, a little bit better. I mean, I mean, you have to you have to have that, that confidence. This is what I'm learning these days. You have hey, to have that confidence. They don't have the kingpin, Mike. That's, they don't have the kingpin. That's true. I I, I did hear you were you were kind of. Took over on the on the that pilot, <laughs> that pilot uh, hey, podcast of hey, I'm, I'm, like, I'm like the main bar. event man. I, I said it in a promo recently, like you know when uh, when you have filet mignon, you don't serve it as an appetizer with, with chicken. You know, I'm, I'm the I'm the main event. Who's the main event, Mike? <laughs> the King Finn is the main event, and uh, I, I did have a couple of Steve. We- no, I didn't have a couple of Steve Weisers before the show to, to loosen up. I'm 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 loose. I'm loose to goosey here. I'm ready to loose as a goose. Uh, well. I do, I do see an empty six pack of uh, Angry Orchard over there. Yeah, cheap plug. I, the cheap hard plug. stuff. It's like, I, we get into the hard stuff over here at the uh, the Crockett Compound. It's getting crazy. I see uh, your cat's <laughs> over passed out on the ground. She might have been hitting the Angry Orchard a little hard. <laughs> share and share alike. That's what I say. <laughs> uh, let's get into the the show here. The 
well, the show we're talking about is NXT Lowell. Hashtag NXT Lowell, as they as, yes. as uh, Tom Phillips would say. Welcome to trending, hashtag NXT Lowell. Trending worldwide? Yes, I'm sure it was. And I, I mean, it, it actually really was uh, trending because of the um, the big news coming out of the show. Samoa Joe defeating Finn Balor for the NXT title, and which was a big shock to... I'm sure just about everyone in attendance. I yeah. I if you if you weren't shocked, like you're you're just a, if you say you weren't shocked, you're a liar. Like I'm sorry, you're just you're 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 full of crap. Because that kind of stuff just doesn't happen anymore. Very rarely at live events do you see either that or you'll see. Um, I think they did it with the NXT tag titles that one where they flipped it on on the first night of the loop and then and then uh, flipped it back. Flipped it back, and I, I don't know if there was ever an official uh, acknowledgement of. Of the title change. Well, they would do it all the time back in the day. I remember, like, there was, I mean, this is obscure, but I think it was the Quebecers and Men on a Mission. They did a they did a loop where, like, Men on a Mission went over for the tag titles, and then, you know, on the the, the Sunday show, the Quebecers won them back, and they never acknowledged it on TV. But I right. think yeah. those days have passed with the internet. Well, it's tough with the, yeah, it's tough with the internet because everybody knows everything as it's happening live. Like, if you weren't at the event, you can just be following along on, on Twitter. And I, th- I think even on the official... Um, Twitter feeds of NXT and WWE, they they kind of start to go over. The, they they kind of you know plug that sort of stuff, the stuff that's happening at the live events. But certainly a shock, um, you know, to say the least. I, I mean, I was uh, I actually sat away from away from you and away from some of the other guys. I actually sat by myself. I uh, made a f- new friend, Andrew. Andrew, if you're listening, hey. How's it going, man? We had a great time, <laughs> me and Andrew. Uh, uh, wasn't I believe Todd's he knows. Friends? Yeah, I think he knows a friend of ours, uh, Todd Sinclair. Okay, it's Todd's yeah, he's, he's buddies with him. Todd Sinclair, um, he's like the the most mentioned uh, person. On, he on, on is. The he is. We'll have to have him on sometime. We'll have he's to have him on pants. sometime if we can get him out of his dwelling. Yes. Uh, yes. But um, but no, I mean, even I mean, me sitting there, I was I was blown away. I was whoa, like what just happened here? Like it was. Uh, and the the way they set it up with uh, with they did the. Um, he w- they did a spot on the outside where he, I think he drop kicked him into the the barricade, barricade and and then there was some confusion and uh, the ref uh, Sean Matt Bennett threw up the threw up the X and that trainer came out to- right 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 and I think they understand. I mean, the, the NXT I really feel like is WWE kind of realizing there's a market for like that Ring of Honor style mm-hmm. of um, of product and um, I really feel like NXT was you know. I mean, it started as one thing and it's kind of morphed into something different. But they understand um, the crowd is smart. And when I say smart, I mean, um, you know, as uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin would say, the IWC, the <laughs> Internet Wrestling Community. But they're those type of fans that are not only interested in just watching the matches and being lost in the matches and the stories, but also, you know, smart to the inner workings of behind the scenes and that sort of thing. Um, so fans know now when the referee throws up the X that, Tends to mean somebody's really hurt, um, but I think that's something they exploited in that situation to make people talk and make people think. And um, right, was this was this done on the fly? Was something right? Like, and I think we'll get into this later with the TV review. But during the uh, the the TV show of NXT, this or the April twentieth edition of the TV show, they mentioned the the house show loop and. When they talked about Lowell, they said, oh, and there'll be a rematch on that show between uh, Balor and Joe. And th- that's the only match they mentioned the whole time. So you know that a little more planning went into this. That this wasn't something right. It that wasn't was... something that was just decided right. on, the, on the fly. Right. Um, 
you know, and, and so, I mean, sometimes people say like they do these things, the NXT, they're doing these, they did this to make people buy tickets, but I don't know that NXT needs to create that sort of buzz on on their live events to to get people to fill the buildings because they're filling the buildings. They, right. I mean, that that's every seat was filled on that show that was filled the next night. Looking at the pictures from Kingston, Rhode Island, which was a little bit bigger venue mm-hmm. uh, than the Lowell venue, and in Poughkeepsie, New York, uh, the third day of that loop. So um, they're not having any trouble selling tickets to that brand right. Right now, um, and and just kind of uh, but that just builds on the buzz. This the right. fact that and they're doing all these these house show loops, and they're tra- yeah they're trying to get people. A lot of people they only consider. I mean, if it doesn't happen on, they've kind of conditioned the fans. WWE, if it doesn't happen on TV, it doesn't happen. And with all these house shows that they're doing nowadays, they're traveling all over the place. They want people to. To be there and think that anything can happen, and that's exactly what they accomplish, I think, by doing this. Well, it's, on yeah, a it's, it, show. it's 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 smart business. Um, but just the, I mean, even before that happened, though, the atmosphere was uh, a very cool atmosphere. Very just the the whole thing about it. Um, I mean, just being outside, and and the one thing I, I kind of noticed right away, I, I got us. I before I would, the, even the show, right? Like being out, in line, right? Being outside, waiting in line, was the amount of Finn Balor T-shirts. Um, yeah in the crowd and Finn Balor signs and kids dressed up, you know, as the demon. And, uh, we did both notice the, uh, the poster outside of uh, the low Memorial auditorium where, uh, it had Finn Balor and the demon on. It. And I'm guessing the graphic <laughs> artist over at the low Memorial auditorium does not realize that that is indeed the same, uh, human being. Yeah. I really don't. Yeah. I don't think it was the WWE produced. Uh, no, I do not. But, yeah. uh, yeah, the, I mean the atmosphere just beforehand was was cool, and just listening to some, I mean you could tell it was um, it was like a mixture. A lot of obviously smart fans. Um, yeah, there's a guy behind me like, to, oh, I'm going to show you some New Japan matches of uh, Nakamura after his matches, stuff like that. Yeah, there's definitely a different. It's, it's breed more of, of um, if you're if you're somebody who's familiar with with independent wrestling, more of kind of that feel or like the the Ring of Honor type type crowd. Right, like they a lot of their talent that they've that they kind of build this brand up on is former ring of honor guys i mean, I mean and, and, and the the internet really has made kind of i mean the whole world smaller but we're talking about wrestling here but the wrestling world smaller so um people knew who fergal divot who's finn balor they knew who he was before he came in um you know samoa joe has been a guy who i mean for years including being on tna um built up a name and a brand for himself I mean, for the longest time i mean even i mean you just look at you know finn balor He's a guy who they still made change his name, but they allowed Samoa Joe to come in and Austin Aries to come in and both keep their names. But yeah, I think I think that kind of edict is very relaxed now. It makes sense if if a brand is already. Um, and again, recently I heard an interview with Samoa Joe, and he was talking about you know it was from their standpoint because they had talked about it was do we want to come in and start moving merchandise from from day one or do we want to move merchandise you know three months down the line after I've reestablished my um, my new name right. um, for WWE. It made sense. Let's move merchandise from day one. It made sense for Samoa Joe too. Um, but just, but overall, just a very cool atmosphere. But the one, the one thing I think is going to be because I mean, the opening match was Mojo Raleigh versus Riddick Moss. Riddick Moss, I was not familiar with. Very impressive looking right. guy. You know, um, you know, Mojo Raleigh again, physically impressive. Um, Former. Uh... 
Was he on a Patriot? I think, I think he. I think he was a pro football player or something. something he like was a pro football player, but I mean, he, he's buddies with uh, Gronkowski. I'm Rob sure. Gronkowski was actually there in attendance. Yeah. Uh, um, but it makes it tough for those guys. And you start to wonder: Is this fan base that they're creating ever going to accept? Because those, these are guys, oh, I, and, and I'm pretty sure both Mojo Raleigh and, and Riddick Moss um, come from that era of developmental where they only kind of signed guys with those types of backgrounds. And I, I'm not totally familiar with Riddick Moss's background. I know uh, he strictly was trained by WWE and is about a year in. Um, but the crowd really a little bit behind Mojo Raleigh, but it, there it, was kind it, of the crowd. Took, yeah, it, early it was they didn't they didn't like Mojo. They were booing him even though he's supposed to be a baby face and but by the end of the match they they did. Yeah, they yeah. got with it and um but I'm it's starting to get to the point is well how hard how hard is it going to be to get the the crowd to accept these guys that didn't come through the independence and and work hard and, and make names for themselves out there because right now it seems like the guys really being accepted uh, by the WWE fan base and specifically the the NXT fan base is these guys like uh, Samoa Joe, Finn Balor, Austin Aries, uh, Apollo Cruz, these guys who came through the independence and I'm trying uh, to think of a case of someone who uh, <laughs> I mean they they brought up Baron Corbin and uh, I mean he definitely oh, had, uh, Enzo and Cass they're Enzo, right so I mean well, Cass had independent experience. Um, but you just start to wonder though, like because you know the whole, the whole kind of it, there's kind of these different styles. So there's that independent style, then there's like the WWE style. Right. And for the longest time, um, you know, being a guy and myself being a guy who tried to uh, come up and get signed by WWE and work work that way, the more experience you had, it was almost a knock on you for a while. Um, they didn't want you. They they didn't want to have right. to break all your bad habits. Um, they wanted people they could build from the ground up, build their own Frankenstein monsters, so to speak. And that's kind of changed a lot. Yeah, I think the the CM Punks and the Daniel Bryans getting over to the level that they did kind of opened some eyes in that regard. Right, and both those guys did spend considerable time in developmental. Right, um, they they came through developmental. Um, but it just makes you wonder how you know. How are these guys ultimately going to be accepted? Because a guy like uh, like like Riddick Moss, for example, he's been only trained in the WWE style. And looking at him from that match, he's going to wrestle in the WWE style, and he will always wrestle in the WWE style. And again, I don't know much about Riddick Moss or whatever, but is he a guy who will ever be able to to get over, so to speak, or will the crowd automatically just reject him because he is a product of the WWE machine? Uh, I don't, I don't know. Like, yeah, like I mentioned, Baron Corbin, and he kind of. He was super over in the beginning when he was doing those short matches where the the fans would count to see how long you know he make it to like twenty seconds and he and he beat the guy, but once that that whole uh, gimmick was over with, he's kind of had a rough go of it in terms of being accepted. I think. Well, there's a, is he exposed now? Because I mean, I think I mean, and even on the main roster with Ryback, when a guy is just a killing machine and he's just ripping through these guys, and you're seeing them in these short bursts, and they're just doing these cool moves, and it's like, yeah, I like this guy; he's, he's kicking ass. But then when they're exposed a little bit and they actually have to start wrestling longer matches, can they can they keep up? Can they produce the type of matches that people want to see and be caught up in? Um, I think the jury's still out on Baron Corbin. I mean, physically impressive. Um, I mean, he's kind of gone the opposite route, and he, he was feuding with Austin Aries in NXT, and kind of so he doesn't respect anybody who who went from the Indies. Um, right. So that that was, uh, and it really caused like this uproar, which I thought was crazy. I'm the, like, the best was one of the uh, 
I think the uh, the one from London, the take out, the take out, takeover special. <laughs> uh, he was wrestling. Uh, he was working with uh, Apollo Cruz, and he throws him out of the ring. And he says, "Go back to Ring of Honor." And Apollo Cruz was never with Ring of Honor, <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was absolutely perfect. It's even better heat He's for clueless. Him. Yeah, <laughs> it was tremendous. But I mean, that's the, the stuff that blurs the line is good. Um, but again, just talking, getting back to the NXT Lowell show, but just talking about how the crowd reacted to that match, at least initially, um, very interesting, uh, very interesting. Because there, I mean, there was a good, it wasn't just all like the smart fans at, at this um, NXT show, because sitting in front of me was, was this little girl. She must have been 11, 12 years old, and she was fully decked out as, as the demon. You oh, know? Was, oh, oh. I was thinking I was going to go and say she's dressed like Bailey. She's no, just, no. She like... was fully decked out as, as the demon. And um, so, I mean, I, I don't think this little girl is paying attention to the, you know, um, the inner workings of the match like some of so. those out there. And she was yeah. just having a good time and um, going crazy. So, I, I you know, I... I think there is, and I think there is crossover crossover appeal for both. I, I personally think Finn Balor is going to be one of the biggest stars in WWE and, and right. you know, upcoming because he just he won. His work is excellent. He has a great look. He's a good looking guy. He's well spoken, uh, and he has this incredible like part of his Facet character of his, yeah. uh, that is going to sell a ton of, and already is selling a selling a ton of merchandise. Like the amount of Balor Club T shirts uh, that I saw were. Insane, like predominantly, like probably three to one to anybody else's T-shirt I saw. The next being probably Bailey, um, yeah, you know, the next most popular T-shirt, um, you know, that I saw. Well, you know, there that night. And it's like you, you, we talk about the internet fans, and you talk about the the little girl in front of you. I think there there is a I, what I noticed a ton of kids also that aren't like we said, internet savvy and stuff like that, I'm, I'm assuming. And it's just, yeah, there's this interesting cross-section of these, you know, 20 and 30-year-old guys and these little boys and girls who love Bailey and Finn Balor and stuff like that. And there's something for everybody with this And I, And I wonder, too, because, I mean, you got to think Monday Night Raw now, the you know, WWE's flagship show comes on at 8 and runs till 11. Most most school age kids, their parents are not going to let them stay up. And now there's you know there's DVR and 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 whatnot. Um, but you know, as an eight nine year old kid now, or ten ten eleven, whatever, like a child with the advent of the WWE Network, they can go watch NXT or, or something like that anytime they want. It's on demand. They can right. watch. They don't have to watch it live. They can watch it the next day. They can watch. You know, with um, the kids' attention span, I don't think uh, three hours of Raw every Monday night is going to. I don't think with my attention <laughs> three hours of raw, but that, I mean that could be a whole different episode. The three yeah. hour, the three hours of raw, um, but um, no, but yeah, I do think NXT does have something for everybody. Um, if we want to get into the women a little bit, there was actually two women's matches on on you know this NXT Lowell show, uh, and the one thing I will say between Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch and Charlotte and uh, Bailey and now Asuka. Um, if you're a woman who they've signed and you can't keep up with them, the crowd will not accept you. Yeah. They will not. And so there was that tag match. It was Bailey and Carmella versus uh, Dana Brooke. And it was it Peyton Royce? Yes. Peyton Royce. Um, who I'm not familiar with, who was gorgeous, absolutely stunning, uh, but couldn't wrestle a lick. And that match was bad. Like, that, I, I, I thought that match, of all the things on that, on that show that I, that I enjoyed and thought were good, I just thought that match was not 
was not good because I think on one hand, especially with Dana Brooke, you kind of had that canned, here's this person they brought in who probably didn't really... model. Right, and probably didn't pay a whole bunch of attention to wrestling. I mean, every time she hit she hit a move, it was do her, her pose. She loves that arm. Yes. She loves, <laughs> caressing she, she her loves arm. caressing that arm. And it was just so... <laughs> I, mean, it, I mean, again, she was doing it in... You know, if you're putting together a match and you're going to interact with the crowd, it wasn't incorrect, I guess. But right. just the amount of times she would just kept going back to that, and and really, I mean, because I, I mean, I don't think Carmella uh, is on the same level as as some of the other girls that have come out of there either. But Bailey really stuck out in that match as being on just a different a different level than the other yeah. three. She is like one of the biggest pops of the night when she, when her music hit. Her popularity is is amazing to me. Um and you know, if you if you believe what you read on the uh the infamous dirt sheets that, that Mike Crockett <laughs> oh, loves me I do. Mike Crockett loves his dirt sheets. <laughs> uh but that Bailey is, is uh, a fan uh, is a uh, a favorite of of Vince McMahon himself. Um but her popularity is is amazing. I think yeah, I think she has the the capability of being like a, uh, like a leader, like a, a break, so, someone who kind of breaks the mold of uh, of of what a woman could be in WWE when she goes up there, and she's different from everyone else they have, and her popularity is like sky. If they let her be this this character that she built up in NXT, I think she's got a good future. Right, and you hope it doesn't turn into the Emma situation, because Emma was somebody who really was popular with the NXT crowd, and she got to the main roster and just fell flat on her face, and I don't right, know right. if it was because she just they paired her with Santino Morella, and it was just this I think the, nonsense. Uh, but it, I don't think the WWE had made the switch yet to realizing that, oh man, we have these women who can wrestle, let's let them wrestle. Right, I think the, I think the Emma thing was that she... This goofy character, I think, evolved over time in NXT, and the, you know, you, they brought the fans along with that, so they're kind of invested in her. But when, but when you just throw her on WWE TV, and there's, I mean, regardless of the amount of people that watch the network, there's a a, a much smaller fan based NXT compared to that watch Raw on Monday night. So you see this woman come out and do this goofy dance out of nowhere. The majority of people are like what. Who is this broad? What is what is going on here? And it just didn't really. I, I get think over. it's I think it's growing though. I think the 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 mainstream WWE audience that is exposed to NXT product has really expanded though because you look at the recent debuts of like like Enzo Amore and and Big Cass and then granted they did it on the uh, the after Raw WrestleMania. after WrestleMania which is a lot of the smart fans the really hardcore fans that are going to watch NXT uh, but then the following week. They did their whole spiel again, and the crowd was with it. You know, fifteen thousand yeah. people doing it along with them. So I think I think NXT is starting to reach because people are realizing it's this is a really good, it's a really good program. It's a really if you're a wrestling fan, it's it's just a really good show. Um, you know, to watch. Um, and, and if you are listening, and you know those there who are listening, if you haven't gone the to millions, NXT, yes, if you haven't gone to an NXT live event, which again that was my first experience with it. I, Go, because it, it's it's a great environment and a great show. Um, let's I'm, talk about the yeah. Let's talk about the the match that followed the women's match. The women's match was second, right? I think so. The yeah. tag, the women's tag match. Yeah, let's. Which I mean, a lot of people are saying was the match of the night. It's uh, two guys that 
We know very well. <laughs> close, it's, uh, close personal friends. Tommaso Ciampa versus uh, Chris Gerard, also known as uh, Biff Busick to you and me and many <laughs> New England fans. Uh, this was the way this match built up was just fantastic. What do you think? Yeah, I, I was. I mean, I mean, from just from a personal standpoint, uh, you know. See, I mean, I mean. I, Maybe I'm not the most unbiased uh, observer of, of this particular Maybe. match, um, but I, I mean I thought the match was tremendous. I mean, two guys who are excellent wrestlers, um, both just finding their way in, in WWE. Uh, I mean, Tommaso has a very interesting kind of cool story and long, the, long, yeah. the long road back to uh, um, you know to get to WWE. Yeah, a lot of people don't NXT. know that he that he was under contract before. I mean, we're going back now. Goodness. Uh, Eight nine. He was only a couple years in, if that. So this is going back. I mean, he was signed for a very brief period of time, about eight or nine years ago, and and to work his and and didn't end on the best of terms with them. It was a bad ending, but the work he's done over the last eight or nine years to to get back there and um, just tremendous and um, you know and then and then uh, same thing with with, uh, Chris Gerard, Biff Busick. He's just Biff to us, right? Yeah, Biff. Um, but just the way he, you know, he's knowing what he did, going to moving from Massachusetts to Canada for a stretch to work at Lance Storm School. Right. He started, and, started at the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. Um, where was it? Was it, the CTC? it was still the CTC at that okay. point, yeah. And, um, and you were? Uh, it was when I was running Tuesday nights. I think I think Handsome was running Thursdays. Handsome? Or, or who's, maybe, who's this Handsome? Uh, Warbeard Hanson. Okay. No, it, it was some split of me, uh, myself, Brian Fury, and, and Warbeard Hanson running different nights of the week. Right. Is when, is when um, Biff Busick started with... Um, you know, with chaotic, but just knowing his story and starting in in the New England area with us, and then going to Lance Storms in Canada and living there for a summer, and then moving to Texas and and I believe for Funaki School yeah. and, and literally sleeping in his car, not having money to eat, um, just chasing. Then he came back here and was like working at a farm. Like he was like I don't know, like he was like chopping wood. He was like doing like hard manual labor all <laughs> right, day long. Right. Just like, uh, you know, he come in with like a farmer's tan, just like, uh, you know, working out in the sun all day long when he uh, when he got back here from from uh, and, Texas. But just really hustling and make and and Biff was a guy who he didn't rely on other people to make opportunities for him. He made them for himself. WWE wasn't interested. So he made this name on the indies for himself. Right. Um, got himself out there, worked different places, kind of developed this own style that he has. uh Started getting booked for like pro wrestling gorilla, and then uh, is it smash wrestling up in Canada, and just beyond wrestling, and just really all over the place. You saw him everywhere, and then finally he created the market for himself uh, with WWE. Um, so, I mean, just two guys. If you know their backstory, you know where they came from. I mean, it, th- those of you that are familiar with them, probably just familiar with their wrestling, and 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 at the fact that they're both excellent wrestlers. But both of them just really cool. Um, backstories on how they you know how they got to that and, and arrived at that point and they just really went out there and just had a freaking excellent yeah, professional a, wrestling match it's just like a good like a uh, storybook um homecoming for those guys both both guys i don't know if they both no, uh, no Tommaso did probably didn't have his first match and lowell biff might have his first match on a chaotic, chaotic anyway I, i'm not lowell. yeah i'm not sure where their first match i mean but i mean 
I mean, obviously Lowell is a special place with them both originating from chaotic wrestling, which for years and not not so much now because the the uh, old venue that chaotic ran in Lowell um, was sold. And- yeah, changed hands now I think twice, and uh, they don't kiss. So basically, chaotic doesn't really run in Lowell all that much anymore. But right. um, but Lowell being a special town for those guys, and I think obviously WWE putting them together kind of realized that. Uh, and the crowd was familiar with them. Big reception. It was, it was funny. I don't know if you're. I, I don't know how close you're paying attention, but so Tommaso had come to the ring and he was really fired up and he right. said hello to his dad and and then on the screen they screwed up in right. production. They put Manny, Manny Andrade, Andrade yeah. and the, there was a groan from the crowd. <laughs> and then you know Biff's Biff, music Biff comes hit out with and, the finger in the air and then huge the pointer finger, not the not the other finger. The pointer <laughs> finger in the air. And then, you know, huge reception from the crowd. And, and again, not to, again, he's Chris Gerard in NXT, but what's the crowd chanting because of what they know him? Biff, 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 right. Biff. Um, so, but just if, so if you're somebody, whether you're a local fan of theirs or somebody in our position of these guys are, are our friends, what a cool moment. Like, yeah. what a cool moment, a cool homecoming for those guys, performing in front of your family and your friends. And not, and not only that, but the fans that supported you in the beginning. Such a cool moment. The the near fall there with the uh, the power bomb uh, onto the knees, the project champ. Right, the explosion. To, yeah, when, when <laughs> Biff kicked out of that, yeah, this, the crowd just went absolutely banana. And everyone, you just in unison hopped to their feet. It was amazing. Yeah, and, and both those guys. I mean, kudos to them too for realize. I mean, obviously on a personal level, meant something to them. But just also realizing and realizing to include the fans into that moment, into that moment of theirs. That um, which so many guys do forget to kind of do um right in in the ring but to include the fans in, in their in their moment um again just a really what you know again from a personal standpoint of seeing of seeing guys that that you know and have developed a personal relationship with over the years um you know i, I think there's more than a few of us that probably had a tear in our eye watching our buddies up there uh you know tear the house down and, and have um you know one of the one of the best matches on a card full of really good matches. Right. And like I say match the night and you think maybe like you said we're maybe we're a little biased, but I think people outside of our group of friends and and that people most people said the same thing that this was this was the match of the night regardless of you know they're they're from New England and whatnot. They, this was their match of the night and that's great to hear. So anyway, we talked about the women. Let's talk about Shinsuke Nakamura. He had well. First of all, Eli- Elias Sampson comes out. And poor, poor Elias Sampson. Yeah, he <laughs> he was. You could. I couldn't hear. Did you hear what he was saying? I could, the audio was was terrible. Uh, was it the audio part. or was it just the vociferous nature of, <laughs> of the NXT fans? Maybe we'll the, leave uh, it at the audio. Because uh, I will say, and again, here's a guy I also feel I feel bad for because Elias Sampson. I think kind of a cool character, kind of an interesting sort of character to try and to, to portray don't, him don't as. Don't piss him off. Uh oh, don't piss him Slap off. Slap nuts. <laughs> but I mean, but I think somebody who is very very you know, very cool character, um, interesting kind of background, the drifter kind of character he has. Impressive looking guy. Yeah. I mean, he's a big guy, impressive, great shape. Um, I, I, he, his work to me is was in the ring seemed. I mean. I don't think he's, he doesn't stand out as being like this really green guy who is bad or anything like that. So I think there's some of the, the crowd not giving him a chance um, there. Because I, I think it was that, like, not even like that, hey, this guy's a bad guy, let's boo him sort of thing. It was, oh, this guy's not 
he didn't pay his dues. I want to boo the crap out of yeah. him, t- sort of thing. But, but it was perfect, and you could feel it building. And 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 I, and I didn't know that going in that that's who he was. Uh, yeah, that's who Nakamura was wrestling. But I think when they were, um, I think during that spot, and you kind of realize somebody's music's going to hit. And I think I think the crowd kind of figured out too, like the first chord of of his music, right? Were- and WWE is very good with that. WWE yeah. is very good with um, you. You can almost tell um, on the NXT roster who they really like and who they're getting behind just by their music. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm with you there. Because yeah, Nakamura's music very cool, very distinct. Um, but I, I, I had the first time I'd ever watched a Nakamura match was NXT Takeover Dallas. So right. I'm a bad wrestling fan in that respect. Of um, I had no idea who Nakamura was. I'd seen a couple like. Uh, he did some some shots of Ring of Honor and uh, the New Japan show that's on Access. I don't know if you've ever even seen that. There's a I've seen it here and there. It's older stuff, I think. Though. Right, it's like, it's like, it's yeah, like it's a year like old, old type yeah. of stuff. At this I've point. seen a couple of Nakamura matches from there, but uh, yeah, I mean, I have slightly more experience than you, but but not a lot. But go ahead. <laughs> but it just um, I will say this: so, so the music hits, the crowd erupts, the crowd goes nuts. Yeah. Um, but just seeing him. I would say command a crowd, like almost like a conductor. Uh, he, mm-hmm. he, he just his pres- he has a presence about him. Um, and those, there are guys out there that you, they have things that you can't teach. You can teach people how to wrestle. You can probably teach them how to cut a decent promo. But there's still that it factor, um, I think. That not you, an Amish it factor. Not the Amish it factor. Okay. Uh, two, two episodes in a row mentions of the <laughs> Amish it factor. Amishitfactor.com. <laughs> But just that have that thing like about them that you can't take your eyes off of him, and and, it, and it's kind of funny because if all the stuff he does, the the crazy hand gestures, the I mean, I think some of it helps that he is like kind of like this awkwardly flexible, like you know, just as, a, as his like genetic makeup or whatever, he's just kind of like this weird flexible looking guy. Um, but just. I think I think if you came up with that character, if you were in a wrestling school and you came up with that character, and you, oh, I'm going to do all these weird things, you'd probably be laughed out of the place. But it just works. It just yeah. works. It, it's all the again, all the crazy hand gestures, all the crazy things he does, and the, he does the thing where he throws himself back, and the crowd goes nuts, and just like. <laughs> but he's. I mean, I was. I mean, that was a match. Like just watching, I got lost in. It was great. It, it, such a good match. Such a good performer. Uh, I'm. So impressed by Nakamura, like might be my new favorite. Like to the point, like I'm I'm going back now and I'm finding stuff of his to watch. Really, I'm going to. I haven't oh, done oh, it yet. Oh, 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 I, okay. I have a family, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> so we we actually touched on this when we uh, were when we met up at intermission. We started uh, chit chatting about uh, about Nakamura, and I was wondering, like, do you think he could be like the first Japanese star who like in the main events who like because we know we know he can speak English. I don't I don't know how well, but um, that's I mean to Vince. I think that's you got to have a good promo. Basically, you have to you have to be able to promo to be that upper echelon. But even if his promos aren't up to snuff in English wise, do you think that he has a shot to be? Like a main event talent, I, I think I think the ability's there, the charisma's there, the connection with the crowd is there. It's when he goes to the main raw, like right now in NXT, they're just letting him be himself, right? Which and I, don't, I don't think he'll be there for long, to be honest. I can't imagine because I, I gotta I gotta think that he. I mean, here's the guy who literally was the top star in in Japanese wrestling. 
WWE had to have made a considerable financial investment in him to get him yeah. to, to come to the United States. Um, do you want him helping sell out 3,000-seat arenas? Or do you want him selling out 15,000-seat arenas? And I think he has the ability to do that. I think from a work standpoint, I think, from a, again, from a charisma standpoint. Another big thing with WWE is moving merchandise. Right. And, I mean, he has the King of Strong style um, kind of... I saw a bunch of those. In yep. And I'd never seen that t-shirt before. I didn't even know it existed, but mm-hmm. they, they didn't waste any time in getting that t-shirt out, which is smart. And a lot of people were buying those up. Um, yeah, I mean, for WWE, how long are you going to leave him down there? Uh, I mean, they left Finn Balor down there for a while. Yeah. That's... Um, but, I'm, but I'm guessing Finn Balor's deal is considerably less money than, than Nakamura's deal. Um, yeah, I don't know. He, I mean, he was a similar level talent, I think, in Japan. But, yeah, that was – But it's how, I never how, expected him to be down there that long. Right. I mean, how long do you want um, want them to be selling – again, selling out 3,000-seat arenas versus 15,000-seat arenas? Yeah. But I, I do – I think Nakamura could, could be a guy who could main event a WrestleMania. But when he gets to the main roster, is he going to be allowed to go on Raw and be that guy? That's that's the only question that I would, would ask or – is it going to kind of be a thing where because in the, in the one thing and and, and I it, I don't want to speak like I know exactly what goes on there because oh, it's on, just you based know, on Brian. based on hearing you the stories pals, or friends you or know talking to people <laughs> but um um but is he going to be overproduced or is or are they going to allow him some freedom like for one example the new day right now they're allowed a lot of freedom they just kind of go out there and have fun they're not being overproduced and it's really producing great results or is it kind of going to be in the sense of the roman reigns where he's going to talking about jack and the beanstalk and stuff like that <laughs> just very <laughs> overproduced suffering succotash yeah just hitting these terrible lines and i think if you let him go out there and just be him i, th- I think it'll be electric yeah i just think yeah just there's just something there like people say you know if you don't speak english there's a disconnect but there's something that like draws you to him that connects you to him even without him speaking it's just yeah it's just you can't take your eyes off him i mean you literally can't take your eyes off the guy in the match like he's just that that entertaining the the little the little he played the in this match he he played like he made fun of uh samson played the guitar samson threw a punch at him he ducked he didn't miss a beat playing the guitar and samson does this thing where he kisses the guitar so then nakamura kisses the pretend guitar he had right and and gives him the come on and it was amazing i mean i was i was in hysterics watching this but again just thoroughly entertained and um and when you hear like the King of Strong style, you think it's going to be this guy who just comes and he wrestles like this indie style, and he can do this stuff, right. but he can also translate and be that entertaining guy, which WWE values so much as well. Not to mention, this now opens up a huge market for them. If this guy main events a WrestleMania, can you imagine just the just Japanese lo- contingent that comes right? Because because yeah. looking even if you look at like baseball, uh, right. you know we're local in the New England area when, when Daisuke Matsuzaka came to the Red Sox. But this was like I mean they this was front page news in Japan, and um, and this was you know covered by media and they were watching the, his live games. I remember that that first he threw that first pitch in a red at a Red Sox uh, in a Red Sox uniform in, the, in a game. You just remember the the video of that with the. Like ten thousand flashes of light bulbs right. going off with all the Japanese media there. I wanted to capture that moment. And, and professional wrestling is very, very big in Japan. And if Nakamura were to main event at WrestleMania, this would be front page news in in Japan. Um, so I, I think I think it's all there. It's do they allow him to be what he is, or do they overproduce it? So we're 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 calling it. 
He's going to be main event WrestleMania. Which year? Give, uh, give uh, me a date. Uh, give uh, me, a, uh, give uh, me a number. Wait a minute. I'm not saying he's going to. I think he has the ability to. Will they ever pull the trigger on it? I don't know. You don't want to commit. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm firmly on the fence on this. I, again, you, you asked, but you asked, to be fair, you asked me, does he have the ability? Not will he. I think he has the ability. I think he'll be able to get over with the fans um, if he's allowed to be him. WrestleMania 34. I'm saying wow, it right you're now. calling it. Look 30, at that. Wait, what, what was this past year? Was it 32? 32. Okay. 32. Two years. Thir- 34. WrestleMania oh, 34, Finn Balor versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Oh, brother. I'm getting a little, uh, <laughs> little flop sweat here. <laughs> WrestleMania 34. Mark it down. All right. Shinsuke Nakamura. And uh, I, mean, I think we tackled just about everything. What do you think? Uh, you think uh, Finn Balor shows up on Raw? I don't think he's showing up on Raw this week. I think, I think the video of him talking to yeah, the fans yeah. that emerged – it was a little too convenient, and, and, and knowing Finn, you know, Finn Balor does like to have fun with the fans the whole, during the whole time of... Yeah, he was getting, he was getting on the bus, and uh, he, uh, he came out, and to the fans that were gathered around the, uh, where the wrestlers uh, are leaving, the little Which is probably auditorium. a couple minutes after we walked away and drove away. Right, right, right. So he, he comes out and yells to the fans, I'll see you Monday! And, you know, everyone went nuts. Right, and he yeah, likes to. Ha- I mean, about. he's he's proven he likes to have fun with right. the internet fans and with with the whole buildup of the Bullet Club coming to um, to WWE and and all the all the stuff he was tweeting when the rumors started uh, of those guys, you know, Carl Anderson and and uh, Luke Gallows coming back to WWE. Uh, he was having fun with that, so I, I think he'll be on the main roster soon. I think I think taking the title off him was done for him to come to the main roster. And they've done it before. They've done it before where guys do both. I mean. Kevin Owens didn't even lose the NXT title before he went up. Right, and he was feuding with he was feuding with Cena. John Cena. Yeah. Um, but here's here's a, here's an interesting question. Uh-oh. Here's an interesting question. Wait, this is another format sheet. Hold on. Oh, wait, a yeah, we're going off script here. Oh, brother. Uh, kind of along the lines of, of the Bullet Club stuff. Now, now I've noticed, and 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 I follow a lot of the of these guys on Twitter and stuff. A lot of WWE talents using. Um, the Bullet Club hashtag, which I find very interesting, because um, it's supposed to be a yeah, like a trademark of New Japan, right? And for WWE talents to be using it, and WWE, I mean, make make no mistake, if you if and and uh, WWE has a big hand in what their what what, what their talent tweets out. Like if you if you've ever noticed, if you follow a number of the. Um, NXT or WWE talents, you'll a lot of them see. have the same idea at the same time. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, it'll, like there'll, there'll be a memo that comes out, and they all just suddenly tweet. Uh, I'm watching the Edge and Christian show. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but a lot of them using the Bullet Club hashtag. So it makes you wonder: has there some sort of deal been struck for the WWE to actually use Bullet Club? Which would be like, I think that would be such a cool kind of moment in wrestling. Um, a little bit different than when you saw like the the NWO all of a sudden in, in WWE, right. but the NWO was owned by WWE at that point because they had bought all the WCW trademarks. This would be the name of a faction and not a rival promotion, but New Japan Pro Wrestling that some sort of crossover uh, appeal there. Um, I mean, if not, I mean they have they've already done the Balor Club kind of parody stuff, right. which is kind of I will say is kind of funny because everybody rips off the WWE shirts and does parodies of them. It's kind of funny that they in turn <laughs> did a parody to kind of, you know. So I, I think it's kind of you know turn around turnabout is fair play. Is that the old saying? Yeah, I, I don't know if that I don't know if the Bullet Club will. I know I know WWE has used it in in like articles and stuff like that. Talked about it, but I, I'm I don't know. I think they're probably not going to be able to get that away from. New Japan, but I mean, 
Yeah, it's always possible. Money talks, and uh, WWE has all the money. Woo! <laughs> and uh, I think that's uh, enough for the. I mean, you could talk about Asuka, who I think is. Uh, well, Oscar's hot. First off, yeah. Like. <laughs> all, right. all right, I'm with yeah. you. Oscar's hot, and she, I, she's well, she, kind of similar to Nakamura a little bit in the way that I don't know, just the the. She has a presence value, about her. The, the charisma is there. She's a hell of a wrestler. Yeah. I mean, she had to wrestle Alexa Bliss, who I mean, no offense, is not particularly good. Um, but she, the match, the match was good. Uh, I mean, you could see that. Asuka was kind of carrying the load, um, but she'll fit right in when, they, when whenever she comes up to the to the main roster. She's going to fit right in with that I new thought, group of women. I think. I thought like yeah, when when they brought her in, I, you know, I was on my dirt sheets, and they said something <laughs> about uh, how she was basically just an NXT talent. And I, I mean, I don't see why you wouldn't. But I think they said the same thing about Samoa Joe, and I think that. I think the, that is that has changed, and I think we'll see him. I think all those situations are always going to be fluid. Right. Like you know, I think right now, like uh, Tommaso, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano have these interesting sort of deals with where they're NXT talents, but they can still work the Indies and stuff. But if the WWE sees money in these guys, it was kind of like when Samoa Joe first came in, he was kind of under that deal where he could work elsewhere, but also work NXT. And then they kind of realized like, but, wait but then, a minute. Then he started uh, yeah, getting ring of honor. Bookings right. And they have TV. So he, they weren't really keen on that. So, yeah. Right. So WWE, I mean, Whatever these situations are currently, understand they could change in a moment, especially because WWE has the money to essentially do whatever the hell they want. If they just want to say, no, we want you to work with me, they can blow somebody out of the water money-wise. There's no talent. And that includes, um, I mean, to just digress a little bit, but that includes like a ta- talents like the Young Bucks and guys like that who have famously kind of turned down WWE. Believe me, if WWE really, really, really felt they needed to have those guys, they would give them financial offers that they absolutely could not refuse and, and bring them in. Um, they've already they've already uh, kind of taken a, a Ring of Honor deal, and uh, I mean they used they they would make all their money on the indies trailing everywhere all over the weekend, and they've already kind of decided we're going to work for one place and stay be home a little bit more. So they're they've got their Ring of Honor deal. So it seems like eventually. Right, I mean, again, and because again, money, again, money always will talk. And that, that, that's all these don't don't un, don't underestimate the fact that ultimately these are just guys trying to make a living, support their family, support themselves. They just happen to be able to do it in a very cool way. I mean, that's how we ended up here at BDA Radio. That's right. We got that that big financial deal, the and, big bucks, exactly. And here we are. So, speaking of BDA Radio, uh, we'll move on from NXT. Great call, show. We call that we call that a call that a segue in the yeah, business. Well, that's, Pretty terrible, but yeah, go see a live <laughs> NXT event. But uh, BDA Radio, uh, we got a hashtag. It's PDA for BDA. We want you to tweet that at BDA underscore radio on Twitter. Or tweet at us. I am at Crocsox. That's C-R-O-C-K-S-O-X. And at Brian Malonis. And use the hashtag PDA for BDA, and we'll mention you on the podcast, on an upcoming wrestling podcast about nothing. And you can leave a comment about the show. You can ask us a question, uh, or maybe just give us some some public love. Tell us how much you love us. Exactly. We we need that. We're, we're very uh, fragile people. Well, you are. I'm not. Oh, okay. I got all the self-confidence in the world. There you go. And it's <laughs> use the hashtag PDA for BDA on Twitter. BDA at BDA underscore radio, at Crocsox, at Brian Malonis, and it's all 
for our pals at BDARadio.com. The best MMA and pro wrestling news and commentary you'll find on the internet, BDARadio.com. I, I, and really, go to BDARadio.com and look up, look up uh, Chad. I, I don't know. I, I, should have, I should have had it ready here, but Chad Alden, his, uh, his, Twitter, his Twitter feed is uh, pretty interesting he's, stuff. He's, um, calling everyone out. <laughs> he's very colorful on the, yes. uh, you know, on, on, on the Twitter feed. Uh, so, uh, yeah, go to BDARadio.com, find, find Chad's uh, Twitter, Twitter link, and, and go check him out. Follow him. Give him a follow. Uh, Paul's a great guy, too. A um, uh, little less colorful on the Internet than Chad is, yeah. um, you know. But, uh, um, but, yeah, Chad, good stuff. Always follow him uh, when, he, when they're – when they're watching the MMA stuff, I don't really watch MMA, but uh, I guess last night, uh, here we are, you know, filming this today. Last night there was some big UFC card or whatever. I know you watch it a little bit, but I don't, but you could have fooled me, but I mean, you were, uh, you were, uh, on that pilot podcast on, uh, a man walks into an arm bar. You were uh, <laughs> chatting up the mixed martial arts. Oh, we were talking about the crossovers guys. Yes. The guy know about the crossover guys from wrestling to MMA. I mean, I mean, I'm not a fool. I just don't. You know, and then I watched that terrible Bellator card. Which, you know, <laughs> but anyways, yeah. Go 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 back and want, and listen to the uh, the pilot of uh, a man walks into an arm bar. The podcast with our buddies uh, Chad and Paul, and uh, you'll hear the kingpin uh, expound on uh, the uh, virtues of uh, mixed martial arts. There you go. All right, let's get on to our, po- our promo about nothing. Uh, last week we uh, or last episode last episode we <laughs> talked about uh, Hulk Hogan and we're sticking with the NXT theme for the show this week and let's listen to a promo from uh, one of the most infamous promos from the early <laughs> days of NXT when it was still on um, it was on what, what channel sci-fi uh, after uh, they took ECW off the air they put on NXT and it was kind of a competition show and they had uh, Matt Stryker was your host and they they put these guys on the spot for a promo. These are all uh, NXT um, rookies. I mean, some of them had a bunch of experience, but they were all NXT rookies, and they were putting through the paces on live TV. And they, uh, the seven-footer, Eli Cottonwood, they, uh, st- they stuck a mic in his face, or Matt Stryker stuck a mic in his face and told him to uh, cut a promo. Let's uh, take a listen to this and see... Uh, what happened when uh, he talked about a, a certain uh, facial feature, uh, Eli Cottonwood, on an episode of NXT a number of years ago? Eli, your topic is mustache. You have 10 seconds. Ready, go. What is a mustache? <laughs> It's a little bit of hair growing over the upper lip. I don't have one. Nobody else here has one. But you know what? A mustache is for a real man. See, of all these people here, I have the best mustache of them all. I thought you give me a couple more days. I'll have a nice, thick mustache. But none of these boys right here. Okay. Will Thank ever have you, one. Eli. Thought he said he didn't have a mustache. Michael McGillicuddy approached the podium. That's what I was going to say. Wait a minute here. He said he didn't have a mustache. He didn't have a mustache, <laughs> but then he had the best one out of out of all of them there. We should once this episode hits, we should put up a Twitter poll. How many people actually even remember Eli Cottonwood? He, I mean, the thing was, he was a big, tall guy, and uh, he was going to make a million million dollars, and uh, 
he uh, had a mustache promo, and that was that is what Eli Cottonwood was remembered for. That was uh, yeah, that that was painful. Um, you know, I got a quick 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 Eli Cottonwood story. I was booked really? as extra for for uh, for a SmackDown taping, and um, oh, were you? I was. And you weren't you weren't a druid. I wasn't a druid that time. Okay. No, I was. I was. Uh, I was a eat catering guy that Ooh. time. Very good catering, but uh, good right he, he was wrestling Caval, uh, low key, on that episode. Ready, begin. And with an uh, army of agents putting this match together, piece by piece, and just rehe- they took over the, the. There was no workout in the ring because they had to put together the Caval Eli Cottonwood match. Uh, piece by piece and go over it and over it and over it. And he was scared out of his mind and nervous and didn't want to do half of it. And just, I mean, I, I don't know Eli Cottonwood from Hole in the Wall, but the experience of seeing him at TV was just like, this is a guy who does not want to be here. And then keep in mind, this is a guy they put a microphone in front of on live TV. And uh, wow. I mean, those are games you play in wrestling school to try to get people to come out of their shell. I don't know if it makes for good live TV. <laughs> well, he was seven feet tall. How does vodka feel about it, though? Vodka, the kitty cat. She's she's piping up. She's probably as hungry as we are. And she's got a better mustache than Eli Cottonwood. (laughs) Well, wait. Does does she have a mustache, though? I I think. I don't know. We'll we'll put a mic in her face and and (laughs) find out. Speaking of seven feet people, on this this TV show that we both watched, NXT episode 331. That's from April 20th, 2016. We had a perhaps last appearance of a of a seven footer. Uh, the opening match was Enzo and Cass, the seven foot and uh, Colin Cassidy, who I think they're just going by Big, Big Cass. Cass now. Uh, they took on American Alpha, and this is let's let's I mean uh, let me set the stage here. This is our yada yada TV recap. This is uh, just giving you the information you need to uh, to know exactly what happened on this NXT show with no extra fluff. That's well, yeah, it, it felt it felt like a goodbye for Enzo and Big Cass wrestling American Alpha, the current tag champions. Almost like, in uh, um, the main event, also kind of felt the same way. Uh, uh, Apollo Cruz versus Samoa Joe. Remember right. these matches were taped uh, in Dallas at, at yeah the day at, after the day last after takeover. takeover, and this these were taped at Access. Um, so obviously WWE knew that. Uh, Apollo Crews and Enzo and Big Cass were debuting on Raw that week. Um, so almost like kind of like a throwback, I felt like, to the old territory days. Yeah, of they're when doing a guy, the honors in the way. Yeah, right, exactly. When a guy left the territory, they, they kind of put over the other guy. Um, yeah, so it was uh, Enzo and Cass versus American Alpha, which is uh, Jordan and Gable. Uh, and the referee, the referee, just to make sure you know, was uh, Eddie Orengo. Oh. Bendito. And uh, I just want to make sure the referee gets out there and gets his proper due. <laughs> so it was a it was a baby baby match, and um, there was a lot of mat wrestling. There, you know, the two wrestlers Jordan and Gable were showing their wrestling and working the arm, and uh, then they ran into that. Was, that was all with Enzo, and then they ran into Big Cass, and uh, Enzo and Cass got their time to shine. Then yada yada, there was a hot tag to Jordan. Uh, the Jordan did a, a shoulder block into the corner, and uh, Cass slid. Did you see this spot where they he, Jordan went to do a shoulder block to uh, Enzo, came across the ring, and then Cass slid it between the ropes and blocked and blocked, blocked him from it. That's hitting. like an old school like right. uh, Rock and Roll Express spot. Uh, and 
that led into Enzo getting, going for a tornado DDT. It was blocked, and Jordan flipped him over his head, overhead, belly to belly. And then there was a yada yada. There they did their double team finish, the belly to back. We threw him up in the air and caught him in the belly to back, and it was a clean victory for American Alpha and uh, Enzo and Cass. We presume probably uh, heading to the dusty trail. Well, one one of the interesting thing though too is um, no Carmelo with them this time around. So almost setting the stage for oh, yeah, didn't really for um, you know for the fact that Carmella is not with them on on. WWE TV on Monday Night Raw. Uh, she did not make the trip to the main roster. Do you think that she'll join them eventually? or I mean, because she's still doing the same kind of right. gimmick. Um, I mean, I think the opportunity is there, but I, I, I really wonder now if WWE is going to be a little more careful with the women um, that they bring up and put in roles right now because of what they're trying to do with the women's division. And really kind of... Um, I mean, to get on a larger world kind of topic, the the feminist movement or, or whatever, you know, lack of a better term. Um, I think they're going to be careful with how they feature the woman from, from here on out. Um, so, I mean, if she needs, um, you know, time still down there to develop, I think they're going to leave her down there. But obviously, I think, I mean, what I, what, I, what I really think about Enzo and Big Cass is someday Big Cass is going to get a big push, and Enzo Mora is going to kind of be, you know, <laughs> left in the dust. <laughs> what gives you? Is there is there a track record of this happening in the past? I don't understand. What would I mean, WWE just, I mean, they usually don't like big guys, you no, know, it's... big muscular guys. Um, but, um, but yeah, I think I think the opportunity obviously um, is there. I mean, the one the one the one thing though, and the way I kind of look at it is this: is traditionally a manager or somebody like that, Carmella, because Carmella can talk; she's very good on the microphone. But they kind of have that with Enzo right. already. Um, so what really, if she's not, if if she, because I don't think her wrestling is up to snuff with the with the women that they're featuring right now. And Enzo is already a better promo than her. What really would her role be well, with she's, them? She's hot as hell. You can't teach that. That's what I hear. <laughs> uh, let's okay. Let's move on to. I mean, they had a short promo with Apollo Cruz after that. Do you, there's something missing with it, with his promos. There's just some sort of little, I don't know. There's not. There's nothing. Yeah, almost like no he hasn't substance. found his voice yet, or who he who he is as a character. I mean, physically impressive, right? I mean, just the things he can do and the, the way he looks, um, is I mean, I mean, speaks for itself. Um, but yeah, it felt just kind of a forced promo. Nothing really um, behind it. Kind of generic. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not completely familiar with, I mean, I've seen matches of his from the Indies. Um, I'm not, I really don't think I've ever seen. Uha Nation. Right. I don't think I've ever seen a promo of his from his time on the Independence. So, but it definitely seems like he needs room, you know, lots of room for improvement in, in, in the promo department. Which is a little strange that he's on Raw already. But, I mean, I, I guess I mean, looking I think the, at him. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. I think the look and the work and I think, you know, if he can get over that way, um, I, don't know, I think it might be a, a tough road if he doesn't have this. He doesn't have like a developed character. It just is a, a smiling. Right. Guy. It's always going to be. It's always going to be an up, uphill battle. Um, I mean, let's just hope they avoid like doing something like putting him in the new day or something, which WWE <laughs> tends to have a track record of those types of things. <laughs> All right. So let's get on. Move on to uh, our pal No Way Jose. He. Uh, <laughs> He made his long-awaited debut. Uh, Alexander Wolf was his opponent, who was a, uh, we were told was a, uh, a German superstar. Uh, we didn't see a lot out of him. I, I don't know if he he had been on TV prior either. I, right, I, had not, I was not familiar with uh, 
with him with Alexander Wolf either. Well, the referee for this match was Drake Wirtz. Thank Just you. Wanted to make sure I, I got that across. Uh, I mean, he did, he did a lot of dancing spots. It makes you kind of uh, maybe if I was Fandango watching this match, I <laughs> might be a little nervous, a little worried for my job. Yeah, it kind of really feels like um, like a, a Hispanic Latin version of Fandango. Like I, I don't understand where this character fits in the the landscape of WWE and. Um, I mean, it's crazy. It's out there, you know, and uh, I think obviously the goal with WWE is always to sell merchandise, and maybe there's some, you know, big hair wigs merchandise <laughs> or something out there, but I, 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 the match itself felt very disjointed and not fluid at all, just this guy trying to get his dancing right. spots a, in. Yeah, so it's a showcase. I like, the, I like the little spot where he did, like, the little dance where he uh, almost like a ball... I don't know. Right, yeah. Roll them, roll them, roll them in, in right into a headlock. Kind of was a cute little spot. He did an airplane spin, which is you know you don't really see. Besides, I feel like this, the airplane spin was very slow motion, though it was not <laughs> well done. Like, no, he wasn't the uh, Claudio Castagnoli from Ring of Honor. It almost if you've seen that, and, and I don't know No Way Jose's background. I don't know if if um, if you're more familiar with him or where we really he came from. Re- we really should do some research. Before uh, well, we, before I didn't we know. We were, I didn't really here. know we were going to talk this much about No Way <laughs> oh, Jose. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize, <laughs> but he seemed a little under under. Um, I don't know. I don't know the word I'm searching for there, but not quite prepared for to be on that TV. And I don't. I don't know. I don't. In NXT again with the guys who are, are becoming popular. In NXT is is that guy who's not a great wrestler but has this great character. I don't know. Can that get over? Can that develop? I I, I wasn't. I can't say that I was all that impressed. Right. Uh, okay. We did some baseball inspired offense. They say you know he's from the Dominican Republic. You know baseball is big there. I guess. That's kind of what they're going for. Yada yada. He did a face. Uh, he did a fastball punch. Was his finish? Did you see that? He he set up like he was throwing a, uh, throwing a. So he's a, a dancing pitch. dancing baseball player. Sure. There's a they put took Fandango and and uh, what is it? Abe Knuckleball Schwartz and put him in a blender. And, and there <laughs> so you can go. we say yada yada yada? We wish you the best in your future endeavors. <laughs> oh come on, not yet. No 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 no. <laughs> will He's, you stop? We'll, we'll see about that. Okay, they did a. There was an Aries promo where he talked about go, uh, going over on Baron Corbin. Yada yada yada, and that ended. Uh, Elias Sampson had a promo with William Regal. Regal came in and told him he's facing Nakamura next week. Yada yada yada. I, th- I think it was kind of funny. Ily- uh, Elias. Uh, did like a little blues riff at the end, like is it boom, boom, boom? Right, like he, was, he wasn't well, again, too happy I, about I, it. I like the Elias. Sam- I mean, so far what I've seen of the Elias Sampson character, I kind of dig it. And I know a lot of people, again, the hardcore NXT fans or whatever, they're not. So you it. weren't on your feet and lol. You weren't one of the. Uh... No, but my friend Andrew uh, uh, was not having any of it. Todd's uh, friend was it your Todd's? Friend? Well, I mean, now he's my friend. He was Todd's friend. Now he's my friend. Oh, that's great. It's great. You made a new friend. Perfect. Okay. We had a uh, Nia Jax and a uh, Deanna Perrazzo. Uh, the referee of this match was Danilo eyebrows uh, <laughs> and Fibio. It's like, he's, he's Danny E. It's, it's tough. Like I didn't, I don't, I don't even know how to say his name. It's I, I don't, I don't either. But anyway, it's a uh, Danny E was your referee. And uh, this is basic squash. Uh, yada, 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 leg drop for the finish. Right. And, and I, I, let me ask you about, you know, is it Nia or Nia? Is it, they say – I would pronounce it Nia, but I think on TV they say Nia yeah. Jax. It looks like Nia. Yeah. Um, but she has a lot of work to do. But, man, if she can right, develop right, right. in the ring, like what a 
awesome dynamic she could bring to the women's division, similar to what Awesome Kong and, and you know she yeah that's awesome what they're going Kong for and WWE like, yeah. kind of missed the boat or whatever. I think when she got pregnant, I believe is what what happened with her. Right. Um. But just that is always such a cool dynamic, and especially with the, when the, the, the Dill Divas era of professional wrestling, they stayed away from the bigger woman because they wanted burlesque yeah. show. They wanted you know to. You know, attract they, puppies. They, yeah, right. They thought the the women were just there for for the man, the men to ogle and and is it that, ogle or ogle? Ogle. I don't know, okay. but whatever it is, just to stare at their boobs and butts oh, okay. and okay, all the good things. You know, <laughs> um, and they they never really thought of it. I think as a serious wrestling product, so they stayed away from the bigger girls like this. Um, but Nia Jax, I'm you, if she can develop in the ring. What an awesome element she will be to the women's division. Yeah, she she seemed a little tentative out there. So it seemed like there was some hesitation. She, I think she still has work to do. I mean, and it's tough if you're somebody that that's green too to, to be in control of matches. Uh, I mean, right, especially, yeah, especially exactly. on TV. Um, mm. You know, so and it was just a squash where where she's going to be in control. Um, but again, I, I I I have high hopes for her. I think what a cool uh, being somebody who's I'm, I'm a bigger guy and I wrestle that style. Um, to see that you know a bigger girl who could come in and potentially physically dominate, very cool. Could be a super cool element. I'm sure that's not going to hurt the the fact that she's related to the Rock. Right. So I'm sure that won't hurt her stock at all. As long as they don't make her dance, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. All right. Then after that, there was a, a Bailey promo. We talked about uh, Oscar versus Eva Marie next week on NXT. What do you think of that? That's that's going to be a match for the ages <laughs> well it'll be see if even marie can can keep up with asuka on that one <laughs> definitely all right the main event we uh, got into this a little bit apollo cruz versus samoa joe your referee is sean matt bennett a long time close personal friend yes um you guys were talking shop at an NXT Lowell. <laughs> oh, we certainly were. We're like, we're like, uh, I was giving him a few pointers, you know. Is he, is, is he like, is is he a Mike Cro- Crockett protege? Huh? Well, was there a, is there a mentor mentee relationship there? I don't know about that. He's he's doing perfectly fine on his own. He doesn't need to. But maybe due to your, uh, maybe you're not, maybe you're not talking about that enough. How you helped him get there. How did I help him get there? I don't know. Maybe you took him under your wing in the locker room, gave him some oh, I pointers yes, on how I, to... I helped him get there. Yeah, the first time you ever saw him ref, you knew he had big things coming in his future. Right. right. They said they came to me and said, uh, and I said, no, no, don't, don't take me. Take my good friend Sean Matt. <laughs> take my mentee. <laughs> exactly. So this this match, the crowd was quiet during a lot of this, and you notice that? Yeah, awkwardly, awkwardly quiet. I would say. Like, I don't know if it, if it was. I was the match did feel a little disjointed. Um, I don't know if it was the best outing for the both of them in this match, or nor necessarily what I would have expected out of the two of them working together. It definitely felt like maybe... Like, was this late in the tapings, you think? Was it something where the fans were tired, or do you think... Well, is this, I believe I believe this was the final episode taped at... I'm not or, sure. There might be one more, because I think... I think they Once again, it. research. Right, we'll, we'll, right. We'll maybe we should research, research these shows. Next time. Um, but this, I mean, this. yes, this this absolutely would have been later on in those tapings. Okay. But I also feel the match, watching the match, while a very solid, good, entertaining match, but I, I felt a little disjointed at times maybe not like maybe they weren't quite clicking in there there were some good near falls that got the crowd back into it um they, they he did like a cruise did like an enziguri standing moonsault and the crowd was fired up for that and joe did that power slam that flash power slam right like, off the ropes it was really good um cruise went for uh for his finish they uh the power bomb where he spins him around and Joe caught him yada 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 and then he did the coquina clutch finish which again this again this also again felt like 
This somebody is, leaving. Somebody, yeah, yeah, like, is, um, you know. Yeah, he tapped out in the middle of the ring. That clean finish, no, no story behind it. Right. Some struggle, but no, like, you know, going for the ropes and all that. It was just... And it, you definitely get the feeling. I mean, WWE is definitely trying to go more with Samoa Joe in that heel direction, but I just don't feel like it's connecting. I think the crowd wants to like Samoa Joe. and Right. Um, but he did, did you, at one point, he's like, uh, the, the crowd was getting behind uh, Apollo, and then... Uh, he was firing back on Joe, and he, he came off the ropes, and Joe shut him down with an elbow, and then, and then Joe's like, "Shut your ass up!" <laughs> right to the camera. It was fantastic, but uh, I mean that that really didn't make me hate Samoa Joe anymore. Maybe no, it was entertaining. Yeah. yeah, it was entertaining, and you're going to gravitate towards the guys. Everybody is gravitate towards the guys that are entertain you. But yeah, I mean, I think overall this episode was like, NXT just consistently delivers. I think if you're looking for uh, if you're uh, more of a fan of just professional wrestling. I think NXT is always the better option of the shows because there's less nonsense. There's less, you know, it doesn't open with 20, there's less 20, show. Yes, <laughs> I, but I mean, but it's wrestling, right? It's, I mean, there's some there's some promos mixed in and, and stories or whatever, but it's wrestling. Ultimately, if you're looking for like a wrestling program, you're going to watch NXT, and and there's just there's less of the uh, of the all the kind of stuff that seems to bog down. You know, raw on a on a weekly basis. Um, so, for, so for me as a wrestling fan, always watching NXT is always a good time because, again, I love professional wrestling and I want to see professional wrestling, and I don't just want to see people talking about professional wrestling. I like to listen to people talk about professional wrestling, like on the wrestling podcast about nothing, though. On BDARadio.com. Right. Fantastic. All right. Well, that is the NXT. That's our yada yada TV recap, which was a little less yada yada than I anticipated. It was a little <laughs> <laughs> but we'll, we'll uh, adjust accordingly. We're, uh, yeah, we're, we're running over on time again. We have a lot to say. Apparently so. We've, we've had all this in us for, for months and months, and it's all just <laughs> vomiting all over these microphones, all these brand new microphones please don't vomit that's <laughs> fans us please no one vomit anyway uh before we get out of here let's talk about the uh the nothing happenings of uh of, i mean uh, for me there's absolutely nothing happening well you, you're gonna watch uh you're gonna watch the walking dead or something with uh with your with your lovely lovely lady uh well, maybe fear the walking dead i'll fear the walking dead now yeah. so maybe uh that's what you got upcoming uh, how about you me? Well, I, I will be appearing at the Newberry Firehouse for Atlantic Pro Wrestling on May the 21st. Defend- 2016. 2016. I will be defending, because I am the current reigning and defending oh. Atlantic Pro Wrestling heavyweight champion. Wow. That's right. So, actually, I, I'm a lie. I'm not defending. I'm You're not, not defending anything that night. I'm actually teaming with the unequaled one, Todd Sopel, Ooh. to take on the juggernaut John Poe. And here's a guy, a blast from your past, yes. the Demon Ortiz. Wow. Yes, he's uh, from way back in the day, back in the NWA New England days. He's uh, been around a long time. So yeah, but so look them up on on, on Twitter. On Twitter, I think it's at Atlantic Pro. I think it's kind of a gimmicked uh, Twitter. I think it's at Atlantic Pro, and then on Facebook, they're on Facebook, and then AtlanticProWrestling dot com. Um, you know, great great promotion out of Newberry. Uh, John Cena Seniors there. Oh. Um, you know, if, if you're somebody who's familiar with the uh, the old uh, five dollar wrestling DVDs that used to be in the bins at Walmart, Brian Webster, uh, you know, is is the uh, color commentator. I know I, I went crazy when I first met him because, Tremendous. yeah, I got, uh, buying those old five dollar wrestling DVDs. But uh, but yeah, uh, go check it out. Come check me out. Uh, I'm pretty sick at this uh, whole wrestling <laughs> thing. So uh, make me sick. 
Wow, that's not very yeah. nice. All right, so yeah, let's let's wrap this up. Let's. Uh, I mean, if for more on uh, on your dates and and your musings in the world of professor wrestling and and, and baseball or, pro- or and... professional wrestling. Oh, okay, well. <clears throat> I get, let me get a little more water. A little sip of water. Sip of water for the working man. <laughs> ah, yes, that's exactly. not our, that's not our show. <laughs> exactly. So uh, follow you. Uh, follow you. Yes. You're at, already following yourself, but yes. follow you at Brian Malonis. At Brian Malonis, and uh, I think Facebook.com slash Kingpin Malonis. Wow. All right. Yeah. So you you get the Facebook going. That's good. I do. MySpace. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am at Croc Socks with that, and that's S O X as in Red Sox. And be sure to follow. BDA Radio on Twitter. That's at BDA underscore radio. Make sure that underscore is in there. That's a big deal. BDA underscore radio. And use the hashtag PDA for BDA and go shout out an upcoming show. Ask us a question. Give us some love, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> and, and go to BDARadio.com for all of your MMA and pro wrestling talk, the best commentary on the internet. That's BDARadio.com. My name is Mike Crockett, and I'm here with the kinkpin, Brian Malonis, and we'll be here again for another episode of the wrestling podcast about nothing. So, until next time, thanks for nothing.